everyone welcome to friday night live with your hosts ben and rob and this week the gloves are off as the bbc thought they were interviewing elon musk but he ended up interviewing them instead yeah it was pretty epic and did you see that new details have emerged that the ccp may have had a hand in spreading the dalai lama incidents 50 cent army in the house and if you don't actually haven't ever heard of that. We'll explain that in a minute. But in other UFO news, did you know that there was a wild gunfight between farmers and aliens in the 1950s? <laughs> That's also pretty crazy. We'll get into that. So join us on this Friday Night Live as we dive into these topics, the top 10 weirder news of the week, our Dig Deep Live Q&A only on Rise TV. And don't forget the fan favorite, the Bendela Effect. We'll see you out on the edge. Pew, 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 pew. Uh, and if you're listening to our podcast, please give us a five-star rating and review so we can keep making this awesome content for you guys. You know, I just realized that sound effect you made is probably the best way you could have gotten yourself killed in the Wild West. <laughs> Like if you run into one of those saloons and, and there's some <laughs> there, and you look at their gun and you're like, they'd be like, <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. That's so funny. All right. Well, um, we have some interesting things, funny things we can start out on the show before we dive yeah, into all this. I'm really oh, yeah. You were talking about the 50 Cent Army. What oh. is the 50 Cent Army, Rob? Oh, okay. So the 50 Cent Army is an actual group that the CCP has hired and they pay them 50 cents per comment to basically comment protecting and or attacking people that are, you know, against the CCP. And so, you know, there's just a whole ton of people online that just go out there and they're commenting and they get 50 cents a comment. But mostly it's like bad english or they have no idea what they're talking about <laughs> yeah. we've had the funniest like on the floor laughing comments come into youtube when we were you know reporting about what the ccp has done throughout history and all of that stuff right yeah actually youtube channel there was a lot of um we would, we would get a lot of the 50 cent army and you can always tell when they came out because like it just they would just say things that you're just like what the heck it's like broken English and it just doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, at all. And it, it'll be like going off about like pigs and weird, like strange things that that like make sense to them probably, but have yeah. no business being in English at all. Yeah, it's it's pretty funny anyway. All right. So, um, yeah. And then if you talk about China, they, they just kind of come out and um, yeah, anyway, you it's just kind of. But yeah, I mean, the CCP like has a whole division devoted to this, which is why they do it, because they just make money. So you have, just have these kids on computers all day long, just writing these random comments on anything that's like pro CCP. So that is the 50 Cent Army. I know uh, China Uncensored, he, he, he really has fun with it because well, yeah, they're and, out there. The reason why that even came up is because 
10 minutes before the show, we we're all talking and Dom went on to rumble and looked at the, at the comments. And there were already people from the 50 cent army in there <laughs> commenting about how great the CCP is and how the world can't do without it. And yeah. All <laughs> it's like, like, yeah. All right. Sure. All right. And other news. So, okay. So, you know, we usually kind of start out with some interesting things yeah. here. I have um, to say, Ben, I'm really interested in, in, seeing what this skier on a rampage is all about. You got to tell this me what this is. Crazy. You just play it, Lindsay. So this, this guy, he, uh, can he fall? Yeah. So I guess he's a novice snowboarder is what they're saying. And he's trying to get up there. And he starts like slipping. Oh man. That's rough. But believe it or not, this, this actually happened to me. Wait, you are the guy falling down the slot like I was the guy falling down. I was it was like the first time I ever skied. And I and um and I just kind of lost control. I didn't know one. I didn't hurt anybody, but I lost control. And I just was like, just rolling down this hill. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it really is hard to stop. And so I was just kind of yelling. And uh, um, I was trying to like roll off. I into like I, First of all, climb. I can't imagine you on skis or a snowboard. <laughs> Second, I can't imagine you yelling while you were on skis or a snowboard. <laughs> I, I was I, I thought it was kind of funny actually at the time probably because I was too young I was like in eighth grade or something and I'm like yeah this is crazy and I'm like that looking back on it I was like wow that's no way I would do that now but anyway um this next thing this is so funny so this dude was watching The Office and he had no idea that he was sitting next to the real Dwight. <laughs> That's great. What's that guy's name again? Rain. Rain Wilson. Uh, yeah, Rain Wilson. This is so funny. I, I wonder if he ever realized it. <laughs> That's great. funny uh and this last one well yeah and then you have you have one two, so this is really weird so this is uh biden and jill where were, this was during easter thing for the white house and this is the official dnc twitter account and for the life of me Wait, i cannot the official what no dem democrat the, yeah the the democratic um national convention DNC. i think it's for dnc whatever but for the life of me i cannot figure out pl just play it Lindsay. why they blurred out presidential emblem here hmm. do you have any idea why they they actually yeah that? they blurred that out that's an intentional blur right there yeah you can see it moving and and other other sources like uh looking at some of the other media it's just normal it's just for some reason when they posted this they blurred it out i well i, I mean the democratic national um committee convention whatever they're they've been infiltrated by communists for an extremely long time mm -hmm. i wonder if they feel like they're trying to rationalize this as that symbol now is offensive for them or something. That that's the only thing. Well, that or somebody else mentioned that it's possible that this was for like a advertisement and that's why they blurred it out. So they yeah, but there is it. no copyright issue on a government seal. Yeah. I mean, this is the presidential government seal. You, you, and, and it's disrespectful and I bet old timers looking at this right now are think that's very disrespectful to do. Yeah. And I, and I'm not trying to make this into like a, like here, Lindsay here, this is Trump when he was president here. And actually it's a different 
It looks like they redid the balcony because the balcony, which when you compare Biden and Trump, the balcony is a little bit different. And, and I'm wondering uh, if, you know, they they have Biden put something on the balcony like flowers. And I'm wondering if they were like, hey, we, we want this flat up here so we can put something up there. What, but what that, you, that's what it looks like. What did you say? USA Today had an article. From you can use your mic, Lindsay. Oh, is it not on? Oh, yeah, I can't hear you. Can you hear me, Ben? Nope. I just hear it through Rob's mic. Hello? That's weird. Hmm. Everything's hooked up. Well, um, this article that I'm showing, or that I'll show. Yeah, we should have tested that, I guess. Actually, I, we can hear you. It's just really faint. Well, anyway, this article you're showing what? Tell me. Um, this is from a different time they blurred out the seal, and it's saying that some of Biden's videos on social media are blurred because of how a federal statute governs its use in promotional materials. What? Yeah. So the presidential seal is blurred in some of his videos on social media because of how a federal statute governs its use. So they're using it in promotional materials because that DNC is promotional then. Okay. So yeah. that's what people have suspected, but I mean, they didn't, they didn't do this for Trump. <laughs> it's really weird. Awfully I don't know. Strange. Mm, I figured out the problem. You did. Oh, for Lindsay's mic. Can you hear me? I can ben? hear you. Lindsay, go ahead. Testing. Who can hear me? Raise yep, we can All hear good. you now. I figured it out. Cool. My bad. It was a conspiracy to quiet my voice. I guess it was. All right. <clears throat> So, Rob, you have a clip from John Coleman. Uh, yeah, this is pretty, pretty cool, you guys. So, you know, as we were publishing the um, or republishing, I guess you could say, the, the, the Deep State series, there's some new stuff in there, but some of it is some of our older stuff. I came across this clip on Instagram of Dr. John Coleman just spreading knowledge. And you guys should check this out. It's really interesting. Who and what is the Committee of 300? I've told you this is a supranational body that knows no boundaries, respects the laws of no countries. The first time that they were publicly announced was by a German socialist by the name of Walter Rathenau. He was the financial advisor to the Kaiser of Germany, and he was also the financial advisor to the Rothschild, the French family Rothschild. So he must have known what he's talking about. He made an astonishing statement in 1934. He said, there is a committee of 300 men that rule the world. They are known only to each other, and nothing happens without their consent. When former head of state Mikhail Gorbachev visited the United States a few years ago, flanked by George Bush and Quayle, he opened his Gorbachev Foundation in the United States. And he left slip, he said, this is being done with approval of the Committee of 300. CNN cameras were on him. They immediately switched. Now, I wrote to CNN and I said, could I have a transcript of this program, which they said was available? I never got a reply. The federal government, the secret upper level parallel government that runs the United States, does not want you to know that you have an upper level parallel government that calls the shots that dictates what is going to happen to your life and mine. Who and what is the Committee of oh. 300? I've told you this is a supernatural. Very interesting. And, you know, I just got to say, I really miss haircuts like that. <laughs> I do. This this just broad coverage over your head, you know? Yeah. Very uh, business 80s. Man, and uh, you could tell. Uh, Dr. John Coleman was not messing around. No, and uh, no, you no. guys, we're, we'll play some trailers later, but we did just re-release our Deep State series. It's rock solid. And if you haven't checked it out, it's on rise.tv. It is mind-blowing. I mean, where it goes from the Committee of 300, what they did with the drug, drug epidemic into the bloodlines that are very mysterious out there, into how this actually has affected society through serial killers and then symbolism. It goes through 
the examples that you won't see anywhere else. And um, yeah, all you have to do is, um, you know, support our work and subscribe to rise.tv. You know, we don't have Patreon. We, we actually created rise TV as our Patreon so that we could give you guys in return for supporting us. Uh, it's only nine 99 a month. We haven't upped our prices or anything like that. It is what it is. And um, man, it's, you know, it's really high production quality stuff, which is why, you know, we've put that, some of this stuff behind the paywall. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we don't have access to YouTube. So this is the way you guys can help keep us going. YouTube um, ejected us for getting a little too close to the truth. And when you watch that Saturn episode and that Ted Bundy episode, you'll know why. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? True. Yeah. Yeah, this was a great series. And we have so much more on our platform. And um, yeah, and also uh, our we have a uh, merchandise merch sale going That's on right. this month too. So you guys can, what's the, what is it? Friends ampersand fans, 25. So friends and fans, and 25. That's 25% off merch. So you mm-hmm. can get your kindness shirt, or if you're more into the cafe, cafe face shirt or the socialism <laughs> shirt or you want a blue avian shirt or you want a Bigfoot shirt. We got it all on there. It's all our own designs because that's how we roll. Yep. Good stuff. We've got a space force shirt on there. I think, did we take it down? I don't even remember. Okay. We'll follow the monies up there. Whatever. Yeah, We've got a bunch of stuff over there. Cool. Yep. So yeah. Good. All right. Oh yeah. The reptilian punch shirt. I almost forgot. That's my, yeah. Favorite. It's hard to, we, unfortunately, it's hard to wear that one for our live show because it's green and it blends in with the green screen if we're using a green screen. So it's hard, it's hard to make a reptilian that's not green, though. You know, Ben? That is true. I know. Yeah. I'm not sure if they'd know it was a reptilian. Maybe I could make it gray. Gray. We could probably do that. All right. Should we uh, move on? Um, yeah. Just don't die on me, Ben. No, you said you wanted to move on. I don't know. I didn't know how deep you wanted to move on. (laughs) Not that deep. Sounded really, sounded really uh, somber when you said, should we move on? (laughs) Sorry. All right. Oh, wait, we got a Bandela effect, don't we? Yeah, we do. All right. Well, yeah, we're definitely going to have to play that. Let's All right. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, I've I, I know I've been getting a lot of uh, comments from you guys saying you really like this part when we do these. So I found a really shocking one that I didn't even I didn't even. Is it shocking of. though, Ben, or is it a Bendella? Okay, let me ask you. Okay, Romeo and Juliet, the balcony scene, was it in the original script from from Shakespeare? Okay, sorry, I, I may I I haven't read that. Shakespearean play in about 30 years so yeah I agree so when I was in high school actually I we because I was in theater in high school Mm. and we put on a parody of it was like all of Shakespeare's plays Ah, like a parody of all of them in one yeah yeah it was a total parody there was a lot of death and suicide and yeah so i actually like i think i even played a character that died and then i like wouldn't stay dead and i kept talking and they're like dude you're supposed to be dead but we would say it in like you know shakespearean language but um you sounded like patrick stewart the entire time (laughs) tried to that's great (laughs) but i i actually played romeo during during the Ah! uh, during the thing you know so (laughs) i (laughs) it was really funny so i mean like you know the famous line but you know but soft what light through yonder window breaks in the east and juliet is the sun you know so like everyone thinks of like the balcony scene but in the original shakespeare play there was no balcony so where the heck did that happen then? If it wasn't a balcony, that's what's so weird about this. So was the balcony just this thing that they introduced in the plays, and and it was always meant to be there, but it wasn't writ- unwritten rule. Well, or... it's, but the thing is, it's in like every single play. It's not just like one source doing the balcony. It's it's like, I, I mean, that's the most iconic scene because of of like they're actually ex, you know expressing their love for each other. And and it, it's, you know, how it's worded and everything else. But um, yeah, so there's no the word balcony never even appears in the Shakespeare play at all. 
In fact, there's like this article from the Atlantic says that Shakespeare didn't even know what a balcony was. Not only was there no balcony in Romeo and Juliet, there was no balcony balcony in all of Shakespeare's England during that time. <laughs> but, you know, I don't even think Shakespeare really existed. So does this matter? I kind of agree with you, too. I mean, that is that's a whole other that conspiracy is, in itself. That rabbit hole. Yeah is among it branches out into things you wouldn't even believe entering into serial killer space. That is very uncomfortable. Yeah. For real. So like, true. And I'm not talking about Shakespeare being a serial. Well, mm, maybe look into this yourself. There's weird stuff around this, but Francis Bacon is a much more likely, um, uh, you know, suspect of being Shakespeare actually. Yeah. Yeah. And, and okay. So the balcony scene or the quote unquote balcony scene is in, is um, that a boy? Is that a man? I thought that was a woman. No, that was a dude. Soy was present back in the day as well. This is like, this is like in the sixties. This is one of the ones in the sixties and, um, What's wrong with that man. So this is act two. I think scene two is where, where the bal the balcony and it's known as the balcony scene. Like that's what everyone calls it. Like in theater, it's like the balcony scene. It's like, oh yeah, that's where they're like expressing their love for each other, you but, know. But I mean, why are line. But balconies aren't? It's not like they're a modern thing. I know balconies that's have been so, around forever, haven't they? That, that's I, I no, dude. Insane in England. Doesn't I have a balcony? I'm sorry. What'd you say? Doesn't Versailles and like some of these mansions that were out in the French countryside, wherever, and in Britain. It's saying that there was no balcony at all during Shakespeare's time. And this, according to this article, there the, is no way this sorry. is weird. I'm I know, telling I know. You, this is weird. The only thing I'm going to argue here, Atlantic, is that there is no way that you're going to tell me Shakespeare did not know what a balcony was. <laughs> I'll, I'll believe Atlantic, that it was never way. in his play. I, I will not believe that he did not know what a balcony was. I'm looking up when did balconies appear in Europe? 1618. Wow. Yeah, but but even if they only appeared at that time, there would have been like the grandfather version of those yeah, things I, I, around. I swear, man, this this is like this is only the use of the word. Balcony. That's what I mean. Oh, it's like, it's the use of the word balcony. You called it something else. Two years after Shakespeare died, like that's very specific. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like two years after Shakespeare died, the word balcony suddenly appeared. You know, and it's just like that's really weird. Anyway, this is strange. And it, well, then there's the uh, you know the what is it the 1996 version of Romeo and Juliet also on the balcony, but which was terrible. <laughs> great. Well, depending. Don't listen to her. I mean, I, I actually saw it in the theater. I, I mean, I was, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, that, I'm wasn't that younger. with, uh, what's her name? Yeah. Leonardo um, DiCaprio and, and uh, uh, the red, the redheaded girl. What's God, her name just complete. Uh, Claire Danes. Claire Claire, Danes. Thank you. Claire Danes. I don't, yeah. Yeah. I think I remember being in the theaters for that one just like this. Well, I was like, there was like a group of us that went and all the girls are just crying the whole time. And I'm like, <laughs> he's crying. And she's like, he's going to die. And I'm like, he hasn't even died yet. He's like, not he's dead dying yet. right now. Give the guy a chance. <laughs> Give the guy a chance to die. Oh, man. It was so, they were just like bawling. And then when he actually died, they're like on the ground, like bawling. And I'm like, what the heck, you guys? That version had such good music. The music was actually pretty good. I actually had the soundtrack for it. It was pretty. It's pretty funny. Yeah, that was where the Radiohead song came from too. Wasn't Freddie Prince Jr. in that? Was and Freddie Romeo and Juliet? Wasn't I don't he think in that? So. I could be wrong, but what I don't. Was Freddie Prince Jr. in? He was in Scooby something Doo. else. What? Scooby Doo? No, 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 <laughs> dude! I've never even seen Scooby Doo. Well, I was, he was like Fred. not my thing. Scooby Doo, right? No, he he was in a bunch of stuff back then. <laughs> and you know what Freddie Prince Jr. does now? He writes for the WWE. What? Yeah. Really? He's like, he's all no into it. He's totally into it. Like he wow. does commentary and all of this stuff. I had yeah. No idea. It's crazy. 
wow, I saw him recently on something and I knew he was doing something different, but I couldn't remember what it was. So that that's that's crazy. That's really cool. Man, so many people are in wrestling that you wouldn't uh, yeah, they're really expect into it. it. And like, yeah, it's it's very interesting. And it's gotten yeah. even more interesting now that um Endeavor has just bought the WWE. So Oh, actually, they did. Yeah. So the, the you know, the oh, Endeavor man. owns the UFC. Yeah. So now the U, the Endeavor owns the UFC and they own WWE. And so in like six months or something down the line, we could start seeing some crossover there. And I don't mean like actual fights or anything, just cross promotions and stuff, you know? Wow. Yeah, you and my brother could talk about that for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> He's really into wrestling. So I don't know. I just I remember there was some movie back in the day where Freddie Prince. I don't know why I remember this. I thought he was in the Shakespeare thing. That's what I thought it was. Maybe he was in a different one. I, I feel I, like that. He was. I mean, he was also like with Leonardo DiCaprio, right? He was. Freddie Prince Jr. was in so many movies during that I feel time. Like that's late 90s. my Bendela effect for the night. Is that he was in that Shakespeare movie and now he's not? It's <laughs> pretty funny, actually. All right, you guys, we're gonna play a really amazing trailer um, to promote what we were talking about. Our platform Rise.tv, since we're so censored everywhere. And when we come back, we will get right into updates with the Dalai Lama, and uh, hopefully a lot less talk about Freddie Prince Jr. Stay tuned. <laughs> One of the most prolific serial killers of all time has become a household name, a national phenomenon. But why? What do Bundy's family connections reveal about the deep state? Mind control, Satanism, and occult rituals Is there a thread that ties together most of the serial killers in modern history? Once the truth is revealed, you'll never look at the deep state the same way again. Edge of Wonder exposes the deep state. What are you doing, Lindsay? <laughs> it was so good. We're going to play it twice. <laughs> I you are going to play it again. I was like, I liked what I saw. I can but, everybody yeah. want to see it again? <laughs> All right. So yeah. You guys, go that ahead. is our deep state series. Uh, we we kind of were touching on it uh, on rise.tv. It is a massive series. It was our most recent series that we've uh, came out with. We probably have gosh, I don't even know, 200 episodes on Rise.TV. Not live shows, but actual produced shows that Rob and I have shot over the years. And um, I mean, you can pretty much think of any topic and we we pretty much have it covered. So um, we go really in depth. And um, so for those of you, for those of you guys joining us on Rumble that, you know, maybe just see our live show, really it's our um, produced content that is, what I would say, like our highlight. Our, uh, yeah. That's what yeah. we kind of became known for mm -hmm. is, is the deep dives that we would do in our produced content. And um, yeah, I mean, and, and it's, it's anything that you're interested in and that you want to find out more about. And some of the rabbit holes that we've gone down, we didn't even know what we were going to find when we started down them. And our minds were just as blown as everyone else's afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, and that Saturn episode is an example of that. I mean, yeah, it is. When you and I were looking at some of that Saturn like symbolism and content we were just completely flabbergasted what we found so definitely go check some of that stuff out and and if you can support our work it's only 9.99 um and you just get a ton in return for for supporting us yep all right should we go into uh yes alternative views of the dalai lama incident so all right. After we did the show on Tuesday, there was a few people that kind of reached out to us. That, you know, actually, um, somebody that we knew was from 
India, Tibet, I, I can't remember exactly where they're from, explaining their culture. And then this whole Facebook post is going around. So we, we feel like we kind of have to present it this way because honestly, we don't really know 100%. What we can say is no matter what, I think Rob and I, you, you, we both kind of think it's a little bit weird. <laughs> yeah. Sticking out your tongue to a little kid and asking them to suck on it. But um, the what people are comparing it to is kind of like, you know, how you have one of those uncles and you're a little kid and they always come up to you and like, oh, let me give you a hug and kiss you. And you're like, ah, you know, it was like, that's how people described it. <laughs> I just saw you as a little kid doing that. That was... <laughs> Uh, I actually had like multiple uncles that would do that to me and, you know, and you're just like, Oh, I'll get away. But what? Okay. But, um, and you can show this Facebook post if you can see it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this, uh, so basically in a nutshell, this person is explaining what I just said. We don't have to read all of this, but they're saying that, you know, that this is like kind of a custom in their culture. Also something about sticking out the tongue in Tibetan culture is like some kind of tradition. Um, but again, it, it's the fact that he used suck my tongue, which is like kind of weird. But then, it, it, but then the other thing they bring up is like, okay, look, he's around all these cameras, all these people, everything, you know, every, everyone kind of was laughing. It was like it, it, the, the person writing this post was like, he, this was kind of an innocent thing that got blown out of proportion. So the other aspect is looking into where, so of course this whole incident happened in February and then looking into when it went viral. It went viral um, like a week ago in April. Um, and the original source actually, so this is the only thing that I kind of find a little bit suspicious is because the source of it is from a Chinese source. So it's hard. And, it, and the thing is, the dude doesn't even have that many followers. He has like 17, 1700 followers. So it's kind of weird, th this whole thing. And what a lot of people suspect is that the CCP, uh, like this, this is either one, a fake account or two, this dude is kind of working hand in hand with the CCP and so they made it go viral as an attack against the Tibetan culture and against the Dalai Lama because the CCP does want to put their own person after him as the Dalai, like, quote unquote, Dalai Lama. So. But, you know, it, it's like, I don't know. What do you think, Rob? Uh, I mean, it's. I think it, what that person commented, if that's true, it's really important information because what I mean, what you and I both found as we were researching a bunch of stuff on human trafficking is that they're one of the things that actually really shocked me and kind of upset me the most is how much jumping to conclusions that people were doing. Right. Yeah. And 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 alleging that people were pedophiles who just actually it could have just been a misunderstanding and right because the and the thing is is like Hard. if someone is a pedophile this really needs to be worked out right yeah. like it that justice needs to happen but it's also very dangerous to jump to a conclusion and claim someone is one of those because it's the worst possible thing that you could call someone so if you look at it from that standpoint it's like if people are getting a, being accused of being that and they aren't and there's no evidence of it. The people accusing them who are making these really big stretches to get there look crazy to normal people, mm -hmm. you know. And so I don't think that those things should be jumped to conclusion. But I also think that, you know, um, like this is just really unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it like I said, it is weird. And, you know, he it's like, like and from that, you can't say yay or nay. He could be losing his mind a little bit. He's much older. You know what I mean? But if, if this is true, what that dude is saying about Tibetan culture, you know, it might not mean what we think as it's translated in English either. And I it's mean, hard that, to know. That, like, how do you other, know? That's the other. And the thing is, is like, you know, 
even when we were talking about it on the show on Tuesday, we weren't really, we're, we're not, we're not jumping to any conclusions because we don't have any solid evidence of anything. All we know is that, yeah, he did speak at ne- Nexium, that whole sex cult. Well, thing. but we, we know Weird. that he accepts, he was accepting money from almost anyone. And that all that was, was a PR thing. Yeah, so it really was. Whoever knows how to get in touch with the Dalai Lama and there was money involved, got in touch with him. That money was donated to his cause. And that's why he went there. Like, I don't agree with that. I think he should have been a lot more careful, but it also doesn't mean that he was involved in the sex cult. I mean, no. Yeah. And by the way, I'm not saying that he was, I know you're not. I'm just saying for everybody out there, for everybody else out there, you know? And so this is one of those things where it's weird. I don't know. (laughs) Either way, it definitely, you know, it makes me feel really uncomfortable watching it. I can say that for sure. Whether he meant it as an innocent way or not, it's just kind of weird. But, um, you know, hopefully, you know, what, what, whatever is meant to happen. Although, you know, I think at this point he is kind of more of like a. I almost look at him more as a political figure than a religious a, he, figure. But he is a political figure. Yeah. To be actually to be clear, if you study the llamas, there was a llama back in the 40s or the 50s who was killed by the CCP. That was their spiritual leader and the Dalai Lama is their political leader. That is what he is. He was always mm-hmm. meant to be that, but because the spiritual llama was killed, Dalai Lama took on kind of both of those roles. Um, and again, this is not me, um, defending the Dalai Lama because yeah, I actually don't means. agree with the way things are, have been yeah. done historically. Yeah. And, really plus, and then you can look at what he's been talking about in the last five years too, you know, yeah, and it's it, just like, there's, why, why are you commenting on this? You're a religious dude, leader. You don't yeah. need to comment on politics. Do not get involved <laughs> in politics. Like, don't do it, dude. You know, and it's like, <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the ultimate aspect of this, though, you know, he's still kind of in exile of because of the CCP and, you know, and it's like it's still I think there's some element there. As long as the CCP thinks he's bad, he's probably doing something OK, but still. Yeah, I just it's really uh, hard. Look, when people are <clears throat> when people will do anything for money, you have to be very careful. If if they if like if you're just showing up to events for money to speak because there's money involved, how much did he get paid for that Nixium talk? One million dollars. There's one million dollars involved. Yeah. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money in exchange. The exchange rate is very high for Tibet. It's yeah. a lot of money in Tibetan. Who knows how much? You can't just like this when money becomes the thing that you're after. I mean, look at what's happened to the Catholic Church. Oh my God. Dude, I found out some crazy things on the Catholic Church, but I haven't confirmed yet, so I don't even want to talk about it. I can bring it up like on an, on a future show, but I, 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 there's things that that I didn't know about that cult, like uh, it's uh, things that they do. And yeah, like, it's riddled with all kinds of stuff now, and and you know, and there, and this it's a sad too because there there's good people out there who are Catholics or that are priests. And then the bad ones are just, you know, totally screwing the entire thing up, basically, the clergy, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So true. So true. All right. Let's move on to uh, Elon. <laughs> Have you seen these videos yet? I haven't, actually. Okay. I'm glad you have it because it, it would be good to see kind of your live reaction. I heard about it. Like, okay. So a lot, but I haven't. Two- I, I broke these. Well, I found the two parts of the video. So the first one is that the they're talking about Twitter and the um, the hate speech on Twitter, and then the third, the second one is about COVID. So this this dude, um, I forget his name, but he he's a uh, employed by the BBC and he's a reporter for them. And so to give a quick backstory, the BBC contacted Elon some point during the day and asked him if they could do a future interview with him. And he said, yeah, why don't we do it tonight? So he literally like, just was like, let's do it. Like basically right now kind of thing, you know? So 
I, I think it kind of threw them by surprise. And I think yeah. Elon was really well prepared. So Elon, I think Elon wanted to do it that night because he was holding a spaces event already on Twitter. So this was live. So Elon broadcasted this on the Twitter spaces. Oh man. While this was going them on. up. So this is live. <laughs> Dude, he set them up in front of he totally millions, set them up. millions of Twitter. Yes. Wow. That's like, oh, it's so funny because the dude starts. Well, okay, let's just play it. Then I'll, I'll explain it. <laughs> you don't like or, or hateful. What do you mean? Describe a hateful thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, just content that will solicit a reaction something that may include something that is slightly racist or slightly sexist those kinds of those kinds of things so you think if I'm, something is slightly sexist it should be banned i no, is that not, what you're saying i'm not saying anything i'm saying well, i'm just curious what you, I'm, I'm trying to say what you mean by hateful con content and i'm asking for specific examples um and if and you just said that if something is slightly sexist that's hateful content does that mean that it should be banned well you've asked me you've asked me whether my feed whether it's got less or more it, i'd say it's got slightly more that's but, why i'm asking for examples can, right. you, can you name one example i, I honestly don't need honestly you I don't, can't name I, a single example i'll tell you why because i don't actually use that for you feed anymore because i i just don't particularly like it you said actually, a lot of people a lot of people are quite similar i i, I only, well, I only well, look well, at hang on a second you said you've seen more hateful content but you can't <laughs> name a single example not even one i'm not sure i've used that feed for the last Three or four weeks, and I. Well, I then, how did you see the hateful content? Content because I've been I've been using I've been using Twitter since you've taken it over for the last six months. Okay, so then you must have at some point seen that you for you hateful content. I'm asking for one example. Right, and you I, can't I, give a single I, one. I, and, and, and I'm saying, I, I, then I, I say, sir, that you don't know what you're talking about. Really? <laughs> yes, because you can't give me a single example of hateful con content, not even one tweet, and yet you claimed that the hateful content was high. Well, that's a false. No, what I claimed, you just lied. What no, no. What I claim was, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, there are many uh, organisations that say that that kind of information is on the rise. Now, whether whether it has on Give my feed or example. not, I mean, I, right. And Literally, if you, you look at something one. like the, the uh, strategic dialogue uh, institute in the U, in the UK. They will say that. So they, look, people will say all sorts of nonsense. I'm literally asking for a right. single example, and you can't name one. Right. And as, as I've already said, I don't use that feed. But let's, well, then how let, would you know? That I don't you, think this is getting anywhere. You literally said you experienced more hateful content and then couldn't name a single example. Right. And as I said, I, That's haven't, absurd. I, haven't, I haven't actually looked at that feed. I then how would you know this hateful content? Because I'm saying that's what I saw a few weeks ago. I can't give you an exact example. Let's move on. We, have, <laughs> we only have a certain amount of time. Um, well, I'm really glad he dug into that, though, because this is what reporters do. Like they take yeah. people like that are not tempered in being interviewed. And because journalists are are usually so much better at it they're they walk all over someone. Oh, my yeah. gosh, dude. I found we have to watch this. I'm going to send this over to Lindsay. I found okay. the best um interview i have ever seen with bill gates and a reporter walking all over him and it was recent really wow i haven't seen okay it we're going to show another trailer i'm going to find this and send it over to Lindsay, and then when okay. we come back we'll talk about the trailer a little bit then we'll watch this we will okay we got one more from elon in the sky too actually look, why don't we watch that now and then we'll play the trailer rob we'll watch this one right oh, here so okay there's so, one more there's one okay more. sure sure yeah that okay. sounds good so this one, pull that up. this one specifically about COVID. So there, and then this is the one where Elon says to the guy, um, cause the guy, well, actually we'll just watch it and I'll explain it in a second. Are you pulling it up, Lindsay? She's okay. trying. Here we go. Um, COVID misinformation. You change the COVID. You change the COVID misinformation Has rules. BBC changes COVID misinformation. The BBC does not set the rules on Twitter, so I'm asking you. No, I'm talking about the BBC's misinformation about COVID. I'm I'm, I'm literally Has asking you about. You change the labels, the COVID misinformation labels. There used to be a policy, and then it then disappeared. Why do that? Well, COVID is no longer an issue. 
does the BBC uh, well, hold itself at all responsible for misinformation re regarding ma masking and, and side effects of vaccinations and not reporting on that at all? And what about the fact that the BBC was put under pressure by the British government to change its editorial policy? Are you aware of that? This is, an, this is not an interview about the BBC. Oh, you so. thought it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and this, I see now why you've done Twitter spaces. I am not a representative of the BBC's editorial policy. I want to make that clear. Let's talk about something else. If you want to talk about the BBC? All right, let's, 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 talk about, let's talk about something else. You weren't expecting that. <laughs> you know, um, uh, br British people have a way mm. of... Uh, of imploding internally and externally handling the situation kind of well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you can tell this guy was like, shook. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Cause he kept, he was just like, and, he, and at one point he was like looking at his phone. I'm like, I wonder if they're like sending him text he, of what he to was say. probably thinking it's over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my job is over. Like it's ended. <laughs> Oh, it was so but, good. But okay. All right. But but uh, I wish that journalists were righteous. And I also wish that that more people would handle journalists the way that Elon Musk was handling this guy. And when we get back, we'll we'll, well watch. Something. Yeah, and not be so biased and just look at information uh, you know objectively, which is right. They should okay. Yeah, let's play his trailer. We basically got this Pandora's box and we're reaching our hand in, we're pulling out this artificial intelligence demon. Right now, AI is at the forefront of the future of technology and it's growing faster than most people can even imagine. What we're gonna see is we're gonna see this like get even bigger and bigger. Not only that, but the tech behind how it even works is beyond the average person's comprehension. Essentially what happens is that you've got sort of an artificial evolution that happens. It takes an enormous amount of energy in order to like train these things. If mankind keeps up this pace of technological advancement, where are we headed? And what does it mean for humanity as a whole? You know, your brain will learn how to integrate with those machines and send pulses back and forth. And I think it's going to be an undescribable experience. What kinds of morals do the scientists have who are creating these machine learning robots also, what could quantum computers truly achieve in the wrong hands? Right, so you wanna know what's going on. Well, join us on this episode of Edge of Wonder as we interview Google whistleblower Zach Voorhees and dive into all of these questions and so much more. So, I gotta show you guys this clip. Now, there is, it's unclear, Ben, that this clip looks to be a hodgepodge of things that were clipped together and or AI being involved to some extent. Really? But I want you to I want you to watch how this reporter seems to handle Bill Gates because this it's amazing that this hasn't happened yet. And and actually when I was watching this I was like she might be dead if this is real, but I found out afterwards that this interview was somehow concocted, but I I have to look into it more to to find to kind of like find find out more about who put this together and stuff. But anyway, check this out. Listen to this. Contributed to the world. Um, I'm not she sure if you're aware, but the world. I created the world's most popular computer operating system. No, of course. But as we all know, it wasn't actually you who created it. As a matter of fact, the predecessor of Windows, MS-DOS, was created by Gary Kildall, which you then basically stole from him for a couple of dollars. It's not just development. There's a whole lot of important factors to running an enormously successful company like Microsoft. So then let's leave the computer world for a moment. You have been a major spokesperson for COVID vaccines during the pandemic. Yes. What exactly makes you a computer engineer who didn't even program his initial product himself, a valid <laughs> representative of the pharmaceutical industry? I, I have read a lot of books about that yes, topic. Yes, how does that? Wait, wait a second. And met with specialists from the field all over the world. Mr. Gates, with all due respect, how do you feel about it now? Now that it's becoming more and more evident that the medication you were promoting whilst having heavily invested in it yourself, thus making billions of it- This is not how the world works. Has caused countless injuries, side effects and deaths. That's a very immature way of looking at it, quite frankly. 
So here's my final question to you. Is this a behavioral pattern? (laughs) What do you mean exactly? Taking technology from other people that you don't understand, selling a product full of bugs, causing massive damage and profiting from it. What have you contributed to the world? Okay, that's it. Wow. So I'm curious to, like, I'm even more curious now that I found out it's been tampered with, like, where that came from. Because who... Whoever tampered with that or even edited it had to know a whole lot about the situation. Well, it, it looks like this was a real interview between the two of them. Um, even right. Russell Brand is talking about it, this interview specifically. Um, but I don't yeah. know how much of it was clipped, though. I know. That's the only thing. It Because, because of the way that the camera is kind of bouncing back so quickly... I have, I, yeah, okay. I have a feeling that it wasn't exactly. Well, yeah, and some of his replies seemed like sudden. Yeah, they were but, altered. However, that's probably how he would respond to those specific questions. So <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, I want to watch this whole interview now. Like, yeah, I do too, yeah. actually. I'm curious. This is really fascinating, actually. They're saying, well, that's the audio. Ah, I don't know. It's so hard to say with this stuff. Well, yeah, we'll, we can, we'll watch it after. We're not going to watch it now. It's 12 minutes long. Yeah. But um, you know what we will watch or we will talk about anyway uh, is this gunfight between Kentucky farmers and uh, aliens. Yes. The alien wild gunfight in 1955. I never, I don't know. I never even heard of this. I, I, as soon as you told remember. me about this, I immediately thought, well, gosh, there's where Cowboys and Aliens, the movie came from. Yeah, that, my, that was my my first thought, too. Um, that same thing, that movie. What is it? I don't know if it's Cowboys versus Aliens, Cowboys and Aliens. No, it's Cowboys and Aliens, kind of like Cowboys and Indians, yeah. these Cowboys and Aliens. Yeah, I mean. It's not a Mandela effect. It was yeah, no, it is. People are talking about it. Anyway, I don't know. Because there's posters. Anyway, weird things. But okay, whatever. Let's get back into this. So, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, and it's it's possible. I mean, we had so many episodes and so many things that we've talked about. You know, some people may be like, you guys did mention this, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I, I it's like, it's possible. But I, I, just, I just don't remember, at least not in this great detail. So in 1955... It was August 21st. This guy named Billy Ray Taylor. That so, sounds like a that sounds like a gunslinging name. I was just thinking I was thinking the same thing when I saw the article. This is a, this is like a really, really long thing. I'm not going to read all of this, but I, I can just kind of explain some of the things that happened here. So he went to um, get a drink of water out of the well. And when he started drinking his water, there was like a strange round object that he noticed in the corner of his eye it didn't make any sound and he said it was gliding overhead about 40 feet above the farm so there was 11 people his family were all eating dinner during this time and so he goes in and tells everybody like yo hey you know there's this crazy thing in the sky everyone thought he was like going crazy and so they didn't think anything of it and just was like yeah whatever even grabbed I don't know. I think it was his friend that he grabbed and he was like, no here. And he brought him outside and they were like, no, we don't see anything, you know? So he was kind of getting a little bit frustrated because no one believed him. So about a few hours later, a dog started barking one, the dog that they have. And um, so Rob, if you want to read part of this, since I'm like kind of talking about it, uh, which, which part? The in interviews? Yeah, yeah, that right there. In interviews, the men described the creature as three feet tall with a completely round head and huge eyes that glowed yellow. Its arms ended with talons that nearly reached the ground. The alien eyes were directed at neither the front nor the side, but somewhere in between. Finally, it wore a metallic silver suit that emitted an eerie glow. Wow. Yeah. So when the dogs started barking, they went outside and that's what they saw. So they, they like freaked out, grabbed their guns. They're like, okay, we're going to grab our, uh, (laughs) 
you know, and they said the creature like raised its arms. I'm not, I'm not really sure in what aspect or how it did it, but they had the impression they used the, 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 the analogy of a bank robber surrendering to a sheriff. So um, that's when they grabbed their guns and then it went to their back door and they just like open fired on this thing, like whatever, like wherever, whenever. And um, it like went, went, the bullets went through the screen door. They were hitting everything. And they said they actually saw this creature do a backflip, totally silent, by the way, went into like the darkness, uh, you know, outside of the house. They kind of followed out there. So they're like super uber religious. And the mother thought that the creature might be the devil itself coming to to visit to to visit mischief on the farm. I was they, waiting for Satan to make an appearance. Yeah, they thought that the uh, that they should hide. But the monster. But I'm sorry, but the monster. But the mother said that the Lord will take care of them. So they were like freaking out. But she's like calming everyone down. Um then they saw the creature in the tree. They started firing on the creature and they said they saw it floating down to the ground. Um, the bullets were just going everywhere, but it, it didn't seem to hit the creature at all. Um, then uh, so they realized that their guns didn't have any effect on this. The neighbors heard all this commotion. They just thought, you know, all the gunshots and everything else. They just thought it was like, they're just like shooting some animal or something like that. So um, why don't you read this? The police sergeant at the uh, Hops, Hopkinsville station. Where? Where are oh, you? Sorry. Right. Oh, here. this. The police sergeant at the Hopkinsville station sat there flabbergasted, barely believing a word while listening to 11 <laughs> people describing the incredible event at their farmhouse. They spoke of little silver men approaching them and floating away uninjured after getting blasted with a shotgun. So he figured the sergeant figured, OK, it's like in the middle of the night, you know, they brought their kid. They brought their whole family in here. So he's like, OK, whatever, you know, so maybe I should look into something. So he called Fort Campbell Army Base and then the media got wind of it from there. So so within hours, like all this police cars and military, even military police and, and media and everyone like swarmed the farm looking for evidence of little gray men, as they said, were badly wounded since there are so many bullets flying everywhere. This is, this is interesting. Yeah, it says, despite not finding little green men, investigators found plenty of evidence of spent shotgun shells, casting ca casings and 22 caliber brass. The porch overhang sported a gaping hole and the window and screen door had clear markings of getting blasted with shotgun rounds. You wouldn't do that to your house unless you were afraid. Or, or if, like even an animal, you wouldn't you wouldn't shoot your house. You know, if it was an animal, you would like, OK, I'm going to go in the front door, go around back and try to lure it out here and then shoot it out here. Or something this is interesting. Right? Look, one officer found something glowing in the woods, but dismissed it. They also discovered an iridescent sheen on the ground where Sutton blasted one of the creatures point blank. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um. And the other thing was that they interviewed each family member individually and all of them were very consistent. Like no one had any like, you know, contradictory statements. So at that point, all of these like UFO fanatics started visiting the farm and the family was getting a little bit, you know, annoyed with that. So they they put up a sign saying that if you want to come in here, it costs 50 cents to enter. <laughs> so so then i kind of stopped people from going in skeptics said that the family were liars they claimed that um taylor and Su sutton stole monkeys from a car carnival and released them onto the farm like seriously then there would be dead monkeys everywhere on on the farm right so that's kind of weird others painted them as kentucky moonshine drunkards even though the police found no alcohol in the house yeah. yeah, that's the other thing. And also the the they were very super religious and so no one actually drank. So um others uh, believe it or not others attacked the men for shooting the aliens. They said you should have let them in their house. <laughs> it's, like, it's like yeah, you let an alien in in the middle of the night and you know in your farm in the middle of nowhere. I don't think so. 
So unfortunately, the whole entire incident um, caused the family to go broke from the whole thing and being ridiculed and everything else. And, and I guess they went into poverty and couldn't keep the farm anymore. So, because some people were like, Oh, they're doing this for like, you know, their own publicity and fame, but it's like, no, that didn't happen that way. This is why, you know, there is a Dogman encounters like interview show that I've been listening to. No one, like almost no one is willing to give their real name. They'll just tell you generally where it was, what happened, because if they give their real name, they'll just be they'll be criticized and like. This will happen to them. Like, mm -hmm. what's the point of talking about it? And it's like, this is the society we live in. You cannot talk about things that have happened to you that that appear super normal or like that break, you know, the norms of what is considered superstition or else you have to fear for your life, your lives, your, you know, your livelihood. That's mm -hmm. not right. I agree. You shouldn't people like, dude, if a, if a nine foot walking on its hind legs, wolf attacked you and your family, don't you think you should tell the neighbors? <laughs> you can't like that. Literally think you're crazy. You can't tell the neighbors. And then somebody disappears in the area. Like, is that, that's not responsible either. You know, uh, no. like you're put in a tough spot. That's so true. It's so true. <laughs> I mean, I've heard some crazy stuff. I've been hearing some crazy stuff recently. You just look into some of this weird stuff that's going on. The the there's too too much of a of a culture around this thing for there not to be something. Eighty thousand werewolves and witches, alleged werewolves and witches, were put to death in Europe, and you're gonna tell me like this is. This is why it happened. Like, what's more likely to happen? People on farms in rural Europe actually see something on its hind legs in the wood that they're calling werewolves that they don't understand. And then they're accusing people of being werewolves and they're getting put to death. Like, think about it. That's much more of a reasonable story than this idea that werewolves were just like made up and people were just scared of them. You know, like in France, they have the Lugaru, right? Yeah. They have this just huge culture of werewolves all across Europe, Germany, um, Nordic countries in the remote forests. And they're here now, too. They're here, too. Maybe they came over. Maybe they already were here. But something's there. Mm hmm. Yeah. And also we, we did an interview with um, Robert Earl White, who also, when he was a little kid, had a uh, UFO crash yes. in his backyard. And we had a massive interview with him. And um, he has like solid evidence and police reports and everything from that day that happened. And uh, it was a phenomenal interview. You can also find that on Rise TV. And uh, yeah, it's just, I think it was like three parts actually. And just listening to him telling a story and it, dealing with the men in black and like all this stuff. So he's really dedicated his whole life to um, really bring this out to the open. So yeah, really, really interesting here. All right. So yeah, that is the crazy story of the, alien gunfight <laughs> yeah whoa <laughs> uh, yeah i mean some of what that story kind of have you watched the movie nope yet no i haven't not yet everyone keeps asking me about it but i have you should you should watch it's not as bad as i everyone said it was i know everyone okay. i talked to was like ah oh, it wasn't that good and all of this stuff i and i was like eventually i i ended up watching it and it was better than what anyone had said to me so i would give it a shot if you haven't seen it okay. but it, it was interesting and it had a, like introduced a lot of interesting ideas in it it's worth watching okay that's good to know i'll check it out all right well um let's see we have our q a that we're gonna do um there's actually like some small things we could either go to the q a we can talk about some small things that's going on 
Yeah. Um, you want to go to the Q&A? Yeah, that's fine. Let's go to the Q&A. So. Okay. All right, you guys. Unless. So are we are we leaving? We're leaving Rumble right now. Oh, yeah, we are going to leave Rumble. Yeah. Right. So, okay. Over on rise.tv, uh, for those of you all that are subscribing, um, we're going to be doing a live Q and a, you guys are going to get to ask your questions to us. We're going to answer them. It's always a really interesting, lively discussion. We get to kind of work through a lot of stuff that's going on out there and just talk about the weirdest possible stuff. And then we're going to be talking about a few different things like plants emitting sound, um, some new tech, transforming seawater into hydrogen fuel for cars and um and then some other weird stuff we have so that's yeah in the weirder news we have uh man this is kind of freaky an ai that voiced a kidnapping scam yeah so that is we're gonna get how weird that is and how scary that is we have a fossilized squirrel and um, uh, magnets that that can be wiped their memories from magnets that can be wiped away. I'm sorry, meteorites whose memories can be wiped away with magnets. I said that backwards. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't even understand the totality of that statement, but we'll, we'll dig yeah. into it. And then we have a very important document that was found randomly on the streets of Europe or in London. <laughs> so... <laughs> All right, so you guys, we're going to leave Rumble, Facebook, Ganjing World, Twitter, and everywhere else we're streaming and head over to Rise.TV. Um, so if you could support our work, it's only $9.99 a month, and you get to ask us your questions like we just said. And don't forget, um, your support lets us do these deep dives that uh, you know bring you guys the truth that the censors don't want you to hear. So definitely check out this trailer, and we'll see you all over on Rise.TV. Do you have deep questions that really need answers? The brain is partially operating, not just in this world. There are yep. things connected into other dimensions. If quantum energy can affect by prayer, then haven't we scientifically proven prayer? Watch our Dig Deep Q&A segment this Friday Night Live and ask us your spiritual questions on Rise.TV. You've heard of the Mandela Effect, but have you heard of the Bendela Effect? We were talking about Tank Man, the most famous photo of the 20th century. There's different variations of what actually happened. I don't remember that happening either. Don't miss Friday Night Live on Rise.TV. Hey guys, welcome back. Ben's I'm getting like, all uh I'm like, oh, chilling out for a second. Like, oh, I'm tired. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a new trailer. I have not seen that yet. So it's pretty interesting.